So I don't want to say Hannah and I, we just had a fight, but we did not have a fight. <laughs> we had a little tiff. We had I would a say. tifferoni. <laughs> And here's what it's about. It's about my journalistic integrity (laughs) trumping Emma's need for personal protection. And I will have none of it, okay? I am Erin Brockovich. The people need to know. (laughs) And I am Christiane Evanpour, and I'm just trying to deliver the facts. You're not Christiane, okay? (laughs) You're not. Yes, I am, first of all. If anything, you're the guy, oh, who's... Like, who's the guy who got kicked off of the Today Show mm. and then he was replaced by the two women and that's the plot line of the morning show? Uh, it was like CBS or something. I don't know. You're that guy. <laughs> because you don't tell the truth. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm very you can't biased. handle the truth. <laughs> I am just neglecting to include sensitive information on this podcast because we... All of the past episodes where I was like, here's this person and they're super significant in my life. And here's this thing that's going on. A week later, I'm like, so here's the thing. <laughs> Let's just erase the episode. <laughs> We're going to burn the tapes. It's so, fine. Uh, and Hannah's so, like, what if you just like did it? And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> Here, tiny counterpoint. Very small. <laughs> what if... <laughs> You just did it. Anyway. Mm, mm. (laughs) You know, I understand your need for self-protection. I'm just thinking entertainment. I get it. But (laughs) these are the type of people who like secretly check in on facets of my life. Yeah. And I don't know which ones. So the last conversation, I can actually begin from my workplace without like any nod to Emma's personal or social media life. So the same thing has kind of happened to me at work. And maybe it's because we are conceited people. And if that's the case, what? don't at me. Is all I'm gonna say. Don't tell me. Leave me in ignorance. Is is it conceited bliss. if it's accurate? Is my question. If it's not accurate, it's conceited, which is why we don't want someone to tell us. Anyway, right. sure, sure, sure. Here's the point. Here's the point. So I think when you walk into a workplace you kind of go in with two modes. Okay. Mode A is like, hi, I'm a new person. I want to meet you. I'm nice. And your second mode is, is that guy checking me out? That guy's definitely checking me out. Did that guy just check me out again? Did that guy come over here to check me out? Who is that guy? Why does he keep staring at me? Do you think he's watching me eat? Why is he (laughs) watching me? So here's, here's why I think it. Okay. I think we might be conceited people because Mm. very possibly these men have never thought anything remotely like (laughs) I'm attracted to you and I'm staring at you intentionally. And what they're actually thinking is, I wonder if I should have a sandwich or a different sandwich for lunch, (laughs) but you happen to be in their eyeline. So like, I think in my head, I'm like, I'm a rational person. Not everyone is attracted to you. I know this, but also in my head, anytime a guy looks at me, I'm like, stop staring at me. I'm married. Get out of here. Like, and, and I don't, I don't know if they're actually thinking this. So maybe this is just the female brain. Maybe it's just Emma and I's brain. Cause Emma does the exact same thing. Um, if someone happens to be looking in her direction, she's like, Oh my gosh, this guy is staring at me for like 20 minutes. Stop proposing to me in your head. Okay. Like, 
but but maybe we're just like really self-centered conceited people aka mm. our name should be narcissa and perhaps these gentlemen have nothing on their minds kind of sentence counterpoint <laughs> um every time that i have thought these the stream of consciousness that we've just discussed i've been right is all i'm saying but how did you find out you were right here's here's another thought of mine um we're just not gonna answer that question okay no it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's an answer wrapped into another thought because i didn't go up to these guys directly and i was like so you're like into me aren't you like blink twice <laughs> if your soup's into me <laughs> okay you didn't blink at all so i'm gonna assume that you're like so freaked out by my beauty right now <laughs> like take your time do you yeah. remember that like old 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 meme text that was like i'm assuming because you haven't answered me that you passed out because you were so excited to hear from me <sighs> let me tell you how many times i reposted that when i was growing up 800 <laughs> an embarrassing amount also embarrassing was the amount of buttons that i had on myspace you know when people could send you buttons and you could send buttons back they were like little pins yeah like electronic yeah i had a crap load of those wow yeah whoa memory unlocked that i totally <laughs> forgot about so Reevaluating our <clears throat> MySpace profiles would give us access to at least 10% more of our brains. You know how we only use 20? Sure, sure, sure. Like, but I think that's why the government has locked them away in the vault mm -hmm. of MySpace is deactivated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's why. I used to have mine raining the HTML hearts that I would do. You know? <laughs> wow. like my profile, it'd be like raining hearts yeah. on my page. And my friends and I used to have like fierce competition and like actual arguments over our songs that we would have. Like, you know, you go on someone's page and a song and start. First of all, like Instagram and my, or and Facebook are way behind because these are the best features. Like for a song to immediately start playing when you yeah. go on the page, like RIP the nonsense. And the importance of the top five. The arguments of the top eight, I just. It tells you so much about right. who your real friends are. Who are in your top five, my guy? Who? Hmm. It was gonna be awkward when you're a trio and now you have to like, oh my gosh, who am I gonna put as number one? So then you end up putting like a completely irrelevant and like human being as your number one. So there's no fighting. So in answer to my question of how did you find out? Okay, wait, <laughs> rewinding. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess I wouldn't say it's like, I would say eight out of 10 times I found it to be accurate because of, in a I survey just, conducted by Gallup, <laughs> eight out of ten men responded. I just think that like men are not like what's the right word for this? Um, there's not a whole lot of like scheming in a man's mind unless he's like in active fuckboy mode. Like a guy who's attracted to you in a certain location, let's call it the workplace, because that's the we're we're on. Let's call it subway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like they aren't great at like indicating with words that they're interested, but like if someone is staring but at you, but hand gestures, that's great. You know? <laughs> when they sign, I love like, you to you, it's jazz kind of obvious. <laughs> um, is that guy doing jazz hands at me? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> wow. Um, you're coming on really strong right now. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't take that kind of a uh, hostile work environment. Like, you need to calm down. <laughs> I will say that the times I found out was because I ended up getting involved with them. 
and it became like those signs that they exhibited to me. If I saw other people displaying them, I was like, well, if so facto, I dated that guy. And that was what you did, jazz hands. Oh, no, you're just, doing your hands. <laughs> and it could be that I'm conceited or it could just be that I'm hot. So who, who could say? Who could say? Who among us could say? So anyway, the interesting thing for me there was like, in my head, I've I've automatically evaluated people in that way. Like, there's this guy who walks past my row of desks all the time, and he somewhat frequently looks at me. Mm-hmm. Now, could he just be looking? Yes. Is there a, ve- a very real possibility that he's genuinely just, like, looking around? I mean, he's not doing, like, a damn, like, up and down <laughs> well, look. Harassment. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... But that's my point. Like, it's not an obvious, like, I am looking at you look. So, like, it, he could just be walking by. But one of the guys who does, he does the, like, walk by look thing. Also, I'm going to come back to this, but do you think you're the hottest girl in the office? Stay tuned. I'm the only girl in the office. <laughs> that wasn't my question. <laughs> Okay, but in my other offices where there are women working, yes. Anyway. Returning to that. But one of the guys who does the walk-by thing, he did a thing that will haunt me until they fix it. Okay. I'm going to describe it to you. It's okay. it's like opposite of ASMR. It's MRSA. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I, Remza, I think, is the, the proper... Yeah. I know. <laughs> It's fine. It's mental. So, <laughs> it's, it's arithmetic. So here's the point. <laughs> um, he ordered a bunch of clocks. There was a perfectly good white wall in front of our desks. Okay. He ordered a bunch of clocks because we have offices in multiple countries on multiple continents, which, woo, go ask, we're successful. Blah. <laughs> so any hoozle, he ordered these clocks with the intention of putting the clocks on the wall and setting each clock to a time, kind of like a watch floor, but less dramatic and just more like, hey, this is the time of the office hours for that particular country. Mm-hmm. He orders the clocks. They're identical clocks. It's fine. He then proceeds to pass off the clock arranging duties to a, a secretary, uh, one of the receptionists. Sorry, that's their new mm. name. They're not secretaries, they're receptionists. He spends a lot of time with them as well, which makes me think he's a dirty bastard. Like, he, when you spend too much time talking to the receptionists, like, sus. I don't know, Don Draper. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> Sonny Hoodle, Um, he passes, he tries to pass off this clock thing to her and she's about four foot tall. So she's not doing great at the measuring the wall, preparing the, sure, sure, sure. the space thing. They then haphazardly call in this engineer to like, do their hanging for them and he he put i'm just gonna tell you the story now he goes up to the wall and he puts post-its somewhat equidistantly spaced apart but with no measuring at all and he's like that's where i want the clocks and in my head i'm like they're gonna get a measuring tape they're gonna they're gonna level this out they're gonna check no so then (laughs) the guy comes the like handyman with this little tool belt sure sure and I'm like, ah, this is the guy. This is the guy with the measuring tape, my man. <laughs> so um, I'm watching him look at the post-its in slight confusion and go, you want the clocks here? And the other guy goes, 
yeah, yeah, we just want them in a line, like along the wall, you know, spaced apart. He's like, got it. He then gets a measuring tape and proceeds to make little pencil marks that give me great hope on the wall. Sure, okay. He hangs the clocks and two of them are not equidistant. Oh no. They're slightly closer than the other ones are together. Okay. And you might be thinking to yourself, that's not that bad. I'm not done. So then they have these self-adhesive sticky labels to tell you which clock is which. Okay. Did they get a level out and measure where from the center of the clock these labels should go? Probably not. They did, and they still screwed it up. They still screwed it up. The labels are not in a straight line. They are not centered underneath their clocks. Ow! Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just staring at it now. And the guy sits close enough to me that I'm sure he's heard me ranting about this. And I'm like, the level of incompetence is unbelievable. I'm like, I'm going to rip these clocks off. And someone's like, isn't it like, is it just like a little askew? And I'm like, is it a little askew? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> is climate change a little warm? Like... <laughs> So, Are the glaciers maybe melting? Who can say? Are they melting slightly? Is it a little drippy? No. <laughs> like, so anyway, yeah. uh, returning to the point, I think there's like a subconscious part of me that doesn't think I'm the hottest girl in the office because they're really pretty women who work in my office. But in my head sometimes I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm walking in, I'm like, it's me. I work here. I'm here. <laughs> no, that's you. But what, like, do you have that ever where, All like, you have, a lack, you have a lack of confidence and an overwhelming sense yeah. of confidence kind of mm -hmm. in the same breath? Mm -hmm. Where, like, if someone asked you, like, do you think you're the most beautiful woman in this room and there were other women in the room? You'd be like, no. Like, no, of course not. But in your head, you're like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> When you're walking in, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, absolutely not. Every woman in here is so beautiful. That's what's coming out of my mouth. What, what the filter is blocking is what a stupid question. Just look at me and then look at them. Now look at me again. Look at them. Look back at me. Here is your answer. Hello, I am a goddess. What kind of question is that? And that's just what I so, don't about. Counterpoint to Emma. My thought process would be says out loud. No, definitely not. There's so many beautiful women in the room. In my head, there are so many pretty women here. Wow, that girl has great hair. Oh, yeah, no, not prettiest. And then... <laughs> it's a fatal flaw, but it's also gotten me this far, so... But also, it's the wind beneath my wings, so... so I am who I am. I sweet potato, who I sweet, sweet potato. potato. Um, I also work with a lot of Gen Zers, so there's, like... I wouldn't... So part of me is like, oh my gosh, like I'm so much older than them. Like guys always prefer younger women. Then I'm like, wait a second. I have my shit together. I have a life. Like I have a job. I have lived. I have experiences. Like y'all are, you're super cute. Like, yeah, you have like great skin right now. Congrats. But your time is coming. Your time is Nigh coming. it has come. <laughs> and I might have to use night cream, but I'm hot. And I'm experienced. So who is the real winner here? It's me. It's Emma, just in case you guys weren't sure. Put that <laughs> in your pipe and smoke it. 
So yeah, I'm also the only woman actively in one of my offices. That makes it really easy to be the hottest girl in the office. So, you know, that helps. Yeah. I'm the, I'm one of the only women on my team, but I'm far from the only woman in my office. And there are a lot of, I mean, not that looks are everything. We go, we go a long way in other episodes to be like, looks aren't everything. Stop judging people. And then we're like, so rank one to 10, who's the hottest girl in your office? Um, but no, I'm saying like, there are, there are a lot of beautiful women in my office, but on my team specifically, mm-hmm. there are very few women. And I, uh, I think I'm doing okay. All righty. Hannah also has no problem just in case she's like happens to not be the hottest girl because she's married like she's she's married and therefore she's no longer searching it's nice to be acknowledged to be attractive when you're married of course you know it's like <laughs> i still got it blah, blah, blah. but like you have already snagged one you're done fishing you're you've left the lake okay the rest Which is a great us, thing because to be honest with you i hate fishing <laughs> fishing is the worst as, as far as like water activities go like I, both white dating and fishing i don't like fishing hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hate it both ways and that's why I, uh, I don't do either so here we are so unpopular opinion question okay do you think people who met on tinder and who started off dating in kind of a casual dating scenario. So I know that there are people who are on Tinder who are looking for real relationships, like longer term relationships, and they will tell you that and they meet people and they date and they get married, blah, blah, blah. I've heard the stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard those fairy tales. So, but but like the people who are on Tinder and they're like, oh, I'm looking for whatever, blah. <laughs> um, and they start dating that way. Do you think they could really find a lasting relationship on Tinder? Um. Personally, I don't think so. I don't. I've never like, seen it happen. I have seen people who were like, oh, it was started as a one night stand. And now here we are like in a relationship. Like, I'm not saying it can't happen. Like maybe you just happen to really hit it off with somebody and you're like, but Hannah and I have maintained multiple times. Like you cannot start a viable relationship on yeah. a physical standard, like, yeah. and on like a sexual relationship. It just doesn't work. That's going backwards. You have now put the horse 20 feet from the cart there are no wheels so <laughs> it's really just a box at this point <laughs> and, and your like your method of movement is very far away so there's really nothing that you can do You're so stuck here. it's gone <laughs> we were talking about this the other day like trying to get out of things and we do this thing where we do like a soft voice that's like oh no we're too far away bah. and Oh no, have you lost your dogs? No, but I smell something. Do you want me to wait a minute? I'll be right back. We had to briefly interrupt this publicly so, recorded so anyway. message because what happened, Emma? Well, once upon a time, life was normal. You know, Lorelai and I were chill. You know, she's she's pot- she's seven, she's potty trained. We're nary she's done, she's raised, she's an adult. And then almost two years ago, Miko was born and I took her into my home, potty trained her. I fed her, I clothed her. <laughs> raised her. And today she blessed me by peeing on the rug in front of my kitchen sink and then taking a wet crap on my white rug in my living room. So here we are. I'm just crying with laughter, I'll be back. It's fine. It's fine. 
I'm fine. Everything's fine. Super cool. It's great. So anyway, we were talking anyway. about what? We were talking about our, our, our recent sound effect. A recent sound effect. It was so great to meet you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we do this thing sometimes, kind of all the time. We've done it for ages, um, where basically we pretend as if we're like going far away from you and that's what we're saying. But usually we're not moving when we're saying it. So we're like, oh, no, too far away. Bye. <laughs> this was such a great conversation. Yeah. And so you're like letting it fade. And then they're but like, I'm right funny. here. <laughs> and you're like, I can't hear you. <laughs> Come closer, no don't. <laughs> this is so great. Great way to end a date, by the way, to be like, well, it was so nice to meet you. Bye. I said, I have to go. And then, yeah. it really and, then out, and then the best part is if you're walking away, but it's actually way funnier if you're not you're just moving. And you're just like, okay, bye. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I have to go. I can't hear you anymore. I can't see you anymore. <laughs> so if you want to do it, fine, but make sure you credit us at the yeah, end. Yeah. So at us. <laughs> I know we usually that. say to to don't do that, but do it. This at time us because it's, use it. <laughs> it's to our credit, you can add us. Yeah. Um I actually just posted we should probably explain what we're doing. Okay. Instead of doing a themed episode, you know, where we come with a topic. We prepare a little, a little, uh, let's think of something vegan friendly, a little uh, vegan steak, a little tofu steak of, of love. Okay. Well, we both eat meat, but not everybody does. And <laughs> here we are. So we have our little juicy steak that is somehow completely animal product free. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we marinate it with love and we come with a lot of prepared ideas. We season it. Mm -hmm. we salt. ready uh we love marjoram anyway so the point being we we often have like themed episodes and we were thinking it would be nice because this was the origin oh hearkening back the origin of our podcast was just that we have hilarious conversations that we're like oh my gosh why don't we record these conversations I mean, record they're so <laughs> funny has there, has there ever been a vainer comment <laughs> no there has not which re us earlier you are just conceited no one's attracted to you so anyway um, i am being to differ <laughs> but the point being like we wanted to kind of bring back the vibe of let's just have a conversation especially because it's a quick tea quick 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 Let's just have a conversation. Let's enjoy the flow of the the convo, the ebb, the flow, you know, mm -hmm. the tides. Um, before mm -hmm. we continue, because goodness knows Hannah and I could just talk forever. I mean, it's what we do. Like our, our phone conversations are extensive. What do they cover? I'm glad you asked. A myriad of topics. Plethora. plethora. <laughs> so before we, before we get too much further, this is the transcontinental tea. A quick tea, if you will. Let's make this quick. Ting! Yeah, this is the TCT. We are two of two on the production team for the podcast. Um, you know, we are we are very important, I would say crucial to this, to you know, this organization. You, you may ask, hey guys, have you ever been fired? And the answer is yes. But several times we, we are immediately rehired because honestly, I mean, first of all, we're, as Hannah said, you know, potentially 
the most important product or product producers of this podcast. Our star power all, is immeasurable for this podcast. All, um, we are also the ones who make all the decisions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the board got together. They offered us our what jobs again. <laughs> we graciously, we graciously accepted. So, yeah, several anyway. times. <clears throat> Any who's all. Uh, so we're just gonna we're just gonna chat. We're just gonna have happens. a chitty chatty little tea. And if you can't tell, I'm doing like paw motions towards you, like chinny, chatty, little tea. Mm-hmm. And if you are new to this podcast and you have yet to learn the nuances of our, our rhetoric, I am Emma. I am Hannah. And Hannah was going to tell us, she decided to tell me off air, but it's gold. So we decided to, we, we being the generous podcasters that we are. Benevolent dictators, podcasters that we are. <laughs> to share whatever it is with all of you so exactly take it away well Anne. what i was just gonna say was i i have a niece um she's adorable she's new and, <laughs> she's quite new she's um yeah she's brand new i would say she's just over two months old so she's still fresh and um she doesn't have the weird baby. crusty belly button though so she's not too new um but anyway she yeah so great she <laughs> is super cute and i really like her which is a bonus because sometimes people are like yeah i saw that baby that is such a baby <laughs> what a small baby. human <laughs> that one is yeah um, and you know it's true sometimes they look like potatoes with legs but they're very cute <laughs> so anyway she's super sweet and i was holding her earlier, hanging out with her earlier. And I took a picture and I posted it. And I was just saying, I am obsessed with how like squidgy she is. Like you can like squidge your cheeks, you can squidge your legs. Like she's a very squidgy baby, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, but all she does is like serve face. Like she doesn't really smile yet in pictures. So she's just like mildly upset in every picture that's taken of her. <laughs> and so <laughs> she's like, she gives you like slight frown. She's she's preparing for an, a career in modeling, I'm pretty sure, Obviously. because that's like the whole modeling playbook, isn't it? Like yeah. frown slightly, look away. And then in Ceci's case, use your enormous cheeks to stick your tongue out. And so, you know, classic. Who hasn't seen Kendall Jenner do that a million times? We get it. So, but I was just saying to Emma, I'm like, oh, I really love her. And I really love hanging out with her. But I also really love getting her back and this going to bed yours. whenever I want. <laughs> and so there's this term here in the UK that I abhor. I hate it. I hate it. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I'm working myself up to a rant. If you couldn't tell, welcome to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming. There's popcorn to the left. So the, this is all a podcast. <laughs> podcast. None of this is actually possible. So anyway, the term is broody broody b-r-o-o-d-y and it is applied to women who want children or men who want children um but basically they ask you like oh does holding that baby make you broody and i'm immediately offended and i'll tell you why do you know where you've heard the term brood before it isn't from brewing beer that's spelled differently in case you were wondering it is a brood mare it's a horse that is specifically owned and kept to produce children. And I'm like, do I feel like a horse that is specifically kept to produce children? You know, today I don't. It might just be an off day. It might be me. The hay's not agreeing with me, but I don't actually feel that way. So no, I don't feel 
broody. Thank you for asking. And it just offends me immediately. And so I always tell people, I try not to, like the whole last episode, I feel like I was ranting. And now I'm like, I'm going to rant again. <laughs> I didn't get enough last time. On rant. <laughs> rant button engaged. But <laughs> the point is like, I always make a, a habit of telling people when they're like, oh, do you feel like really broody? I'm like, no, I don't ever feel broody. Never in my life have I felt that. Deadpan way. stare. And I'm like, because I hate the term broody and I think it's offensive. Have a great day. Do you feel like a pig that just waits to have children all the time? Uh, you know, I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but, but not today. <laughs> not, not particularly today. So, no, I don't. I just find it vaguely offensive. Mm, only slightly. I mean, maybe you're just like really sensitive, Hannah. Maybe you just have like too many raw emotions. And if you could just tuck those suckers back into your sleeve, that'd be super helpful. This reminds me, being offended reminds me. Of, <laughs> Every day. <laughs> no, I was scrolling socials as I am apt to do. And I was on the gram. I, was, I think I was, I was on TikTok and I saw a video. And recently, this it's not a new thing, but it's, you know, come up again that girls are having these like it looks like a scrunchie but it's to cover your drink when you're at a bar and yeah i've seen those i've seen those straw through it and like all kinds of stuff but it's like the purpose is to avoid being drugged so someone um posted a video of a girl at a restaurant seemingly and it was like the people in the video were the ones doing like it wasn't like they were filmed just automatically like, they were the ones sure. posting the video and they were like here's why this is a bad reaction blah 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 and so she had her drink covered and all the guys in the comments, I was like, thank you for telling on yourselves for being the exact kind of person that I would have to use this around. Thank you because for raising your hand and self-identifying as an absolute perv who needs to be barred from entering clubs and restaurants. They're like, well, thank if you, you don't trust people, why are you dating? And I'm like, who am I? I'm so you have never sounded more like a man in your life because you don't have to worry about me drugging your drink. Like, I'm probably not going to do that as a woman. That's just not really my thing. You know, being a rapist, it's not like it, it, there are rapists among us, but they're like very few and far between in comparison to our male counterparts. And if I'm on a date with someone that I don't know and I cover my drink and you're offended by that, like good, first of all, like you've just made the second date decision for me. I appreciate that. Um, it's going to be a uh, no. <laughs> and second of all, like, what an odd reaction to have to be upset that a woman doesn't want to be drugged while she's out, and you're like, uh, you're upset by that. I, I'm, I don't even know how to respond to that. All I'm picturing in my head right now is like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he's like sitting you down, and he's like, I don't understand why everybody always freezes. Like, why don't you just keep moving? Like, I think it's personally rude that you don't trust the people around you to be able to see you because some of us out here can't see you if you stop moving. Mm -hmm. And it's this T-Rex having this very serious conversation about like, you know what, honestly, if you don't trust people, why are you outside? Why are you outside? And in my head, I'm like, there would be a lot of yeses and, and amens from these guys on this T-Rex's post. Like, yeah. Yeah, but these are the same men who tell us it's our fault if we do get drugged. Like, well, why weren't you more vigilant? Why weren't you more careful? Why are you hanging out with strange men? And it's like, pick a lane. Can I also just tell you that I've been roofied before and I was not not careful. Like, there were people that I knew 
who drugged me. It wasn't like a random person who like, he like snuck in in a ninja suit. He like hang, hang over the, hung over the bar upside down and like dropped. Mm-hmm. And then he like, the he like came back up on the ceiling and he was like, oh wait, no. <laughs> so like, like it was people that knew me. I mean, it wasn't like a close friend, but it was people that like I used to work with in Texas. And I, that was how I got roofied. And the only reason I made it home, like un, I mean, I won't say unscathed because there were a lot of scathes, to be honest, like, yeah, but unharmed in a permanent way was because this girl who I didn't really like that much, who I worked with, made it her mission to be like, no, she's coming home with me. No, no. Bye. It's not so fun, but bye. But I don't think people understand how roofies work because it's not like you have full control of your body and you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. Like, I full on have no memory after the roofie was put in my drink. Like, <laughs> I don't have like a... Like, oh, I just was like too drunk. Like I've been too drunk. It's very, very different. You have absolutely no memory, but you're awake and ambulatory. You're awake and walking around. So anybody who thinks that like putting a roofie in someone's drink is somehow like getting them to loosen up and it's like not a big deal. You're a predator. You're an absolute predator. Interesting conversation actually. So I was watching an episode of Criminal Minds the other day, you know, old and you know throwback. I just watched that yesterday I was like season three here we go (laughs) I was on like season six I think so it's this in the episode not in real life for anybody who's about to panic in the episode there's a planned community in Florida and it's made up of sex offenders so basically this pastor who like had a sex offense conviction in his past owned a home in this community they called it like Glen something or other like We'll call it Glen Oakley for now, but they called it Glen something or other. Our apologies to anyone whose name is Glen Oakley. <laughs> Glen, we love you and you know that. <laughs> so, but um, no, so they have this, this planned community and basically what had happened is he moved in and then he bought a house nearby when he could afford to because like, I think it was like a bank owned house that got auctioned off. And then he put like a halfway house there. And because there were six sex offenders on this block, nobody wanted to move there. So eventually all these houses started being sold. And slowly the pastor like bought up all these properties for a really cheap price. And then he basically put in this community of sex offenders. So once you've served your time, or if you didn't get any jail time and you just had to live in like a monitored community, you had to be on a list, you could move into this community and like live your normal life. You know, it's not jail, it's not government owned or operated, but basically his system was he installed a microchip for your first two years there. And so he could track you within three feet Mm, for your first two years. (laughs) Don't, don't get, don't get too crazy. This was, (laughs) i I wonder what people would do with that. Like, we're going to microchip every sex offender. Would we like microchips then? Food for thought. Anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, the, the pastor microchipped them for the first two years. And if they were proven to have good behavior, the microchip was removed okay. after like two to five years, depending on what their conviction was. Anyway, they were investigating a few murders in this town. And of course, they were like, well, it was a sex offender who did this, like, obviously. And it didn't turn out to be actually. Uh, But anyway, what are your thoughts on something like that? Like a planned community of sex offenders in like its own town, quote unquote, but it's not a town, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like a cordoned off area. 
I mean, it would never work unless it was government sponsored because then you can't have just one person be in charge of it and it maintain any sort of like legitimacy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would just, you, one person could not, even with microchips, could not, unless he had a militant army behind him, which would be problematic in other ways you know do anything about so they'd people. have to live in texas <laughs> yep they'd have, they would have to live in texas um in a very specific little square we'll call it san angelo and they can just chill there where you can't drink the tap water and like oh well what happened oh no um i'm just saying it, it, it's it's just it's like a halfway house you know but we see offenders offenders are like people in recovery is the proper term i guess you know drug um abused individuals who are there or you know alcoholics whatever the, the halfway house is for they leave all the time so you would have to have something like a system of some kind yeah beyond just like your parole officer that you check in with sometimes you know like i think you would literally have to have exactly what they theorized here i think you'd literally have to have a bodily implanted tracking ability whatever that looks like mm-hmm. um whether that's like a bracelet that you can't take off um or something like that but like you'd have to have some sort of a tracking system so that they could verify your whereabouts in case of the commission of a crime mm-hmm. um or they could verify that you hadn't been within you know 200 meters of the school they could verify you know that your behavior was exactly what you said it was um but i just thought it was an interesting concept and i think like, it might even be i think that would be more effective than most prisons honestly because it keeps you in a societal mindset well, and it just keeps you so their their purpose was that in normal cities, you're very isolated if you're on one of these lists, which is not helpful if you're trying to reintegrate. So if you're tr- like, understandably, people don't trust you, but then you never get reintegrated into society. So the whole reason that you're back in society is to stop the isolation and try to live a normal life as normal as you can mm-hmm. and to rehabilitate and you can't really do that outside of community so i thought it was an interesting concept i think it'd be better if they were permanent but you know that's just me like instead of going microchips to, well in this community like this is where you if you want to not be in prison this is where you can live for the rest of your that life. was that was their that was their thought process which was like you you're not gonna like move on you know you're gonna build a house here and like live you know start a family if you want but like live here yeah i mean it's unrealistic but like it's interesting so um i think that we should put the men who were anti-drink cover there personally (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think we need a separate island for them uh i would just call it under the water that's just my thought (laughs) you could call it snorkeling with cement boots if you want it <laughs> it's just a thought you know we'll we'll play around with what we call it it's, it's, it's a working title um you could call it a wow. soprano kind of exodus you know i just feel like every day we get closer and closer to the handmaid's tale i so what do you think of that like as a societal option i mean I, obviously i don't want that because it's literally based <laughs> on the oppression really? of women <laughs> It's like, don't you feel broody? But, you know, January 6th opened a lot of eyes as to the power of the people in a negative connotation, you know, like. I think people, especially on this side of the pond, might want some context. Okay, January 6th was Insurrection Day, as far as I'm concerned. But if you ask them, it was Patriots Day, where they infiltrated the Capitol building. Yeah. And they, they being the far right, 
um, Trumpers. They infiltrated the Capitol building. <laughs> and, and, um, that's what they are. Let's be realistic. Like I, in the state in in England, that means farters. <laughs> well, that too. They're a gassy bunch. Um, but like, let's be realistic. Let's say that they had oh, hot air. <laughs> let's say they had reached Congress people. Like, what yeah. do you think that they would have done to AOC? She'd be dead. Yeah, she or be dead. raped. She would be definitely sexually assaulted. Yeah, possibly very potentially dead. And I mean, because their hatred for these people, it it exceeds logic. Like yeah. it's it's I I can't imagine feeling that way about anybody really. But it's but, not based in reality. It's right. not based on who the people are. It's based on this idea that they've built up over time and allowed themselves to live inside of an echo chamber of the same opinions over and over and over mm-hmm. to the point that they've got spun up towards violence. Right. Which is the exact same thing that really happens in The Handmaid's Tale. Like this group who has been plotting because they're religious fanatics eventually comes in with the tools to take over the government. And if the far right were smarter, we're lucky that they're not then they may have been capable of something like that, you know? But it seemed like it was very impulsive, but that doesn't mean that maybe they learn from their mistakes. Who can say what happens? So, um, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, it started out as, like, like, oh, it's an interesting dystopian idea, you know? But then I see all these legislations passing. I see the way men treat women in general, and I see the comments they make and how much hatred they have for them for seemingly no reason. And I'm... I mean, there's not a day that I don't walk around with a weapon of some kind on me. So, hundred percent. I was walking home the other day, and I live in a quiet village. And I was, I, uh, I'd left the pub early because I was done, and <laughs> my husband stayed. And so I took his keys back, and he has this like bottle opener, and I had it between the knuckles. We've talked about the between the knuckles trick. Um, but I called Emma because I was like, I just, I never like to just be by myself walking mm-hmm. because my mind is scarier than often like the actual street but i will say there was just another woman who was murdered walking home she was five or ten minutes like a walk and she was taken and murdered in a park mm-hmm. and she was just walking home from the pub at like eight fifteen. yep and the thing is like there's so many memes that we send to each other that are like Oh, you know, the the explanation basically of like, oh, well, you should be more careful or, oh, you should, why don't we install these 50 more like motion detectors on an iPhone so that anyone who isn't on your contacts list is immediately alerted. And it's like, well, you could do that. Or you could teach men how not to hurt women and how to behave like normal social members of the human race. I mean, sometimes I'm like, where do we even start? You know, like. I I, I know boot camp. I know have women run the boot camp. <laughs> how great would that be? I know how to how I'm going to raise my kids if I have sons. Yeah, I know exactly 100%. what I'm going to do. But how much of a difference does that make, big picture? You know, like I mean, it, it will make a difference because even young men that are being raised now, if their parents are, you know, conscientious like we are, if they're you know millennial parents who are raising these kids, who are aware of all of these issues. And they're raising their kids to be not just members of society, but proactive, protective members of society. It will make a difference over generations. It's just that, unfortunately, I'm going to raise a hand and say in the West, largely, Mm -hmm. um, men have been allowed to think 
and people have been encouraged to think, not just Mistake men. number one. <laughs> <laughs> men have been allowed to think for themselves. Terrible idea. Um, no, but men and and women, but men have been allowed to think that their thoughts and opinions are the most important in the room. And they've been allowed to think that for generations. And even like women getting the right to vote was a struggle. So like for hundreds of years, men's opinions have been the only things that have mattered. And that doesn't disappear overnight because you start giving women rights or for 150 years, women have the right to vote. Or, you know, now we can do almost the same thing as men. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Until I can walk home at night and not have to look behind me every, you know, 20 seconds, I don't consider there to be equality. Somebody was saying to me the other day, uh, they were like, oh, guys have to face so much. It was a married guy. He was like, oh, guys have to face so much rejection in terms of dating. He's like, it's so hard. Like you have to give it to them. They have to face rejection all the time. And I was like, we get paid less so they can deal with it. Here's the thing. Here's <laughs> like, the thing. When, I'll when, break the equal pay. When, when a man rejects me, my pride is probably a little hurt, you know, like, dang, I was like, I'm a little, Snap. my confidence is a little, you know, marred, but like, I'll recover, you know, but like, I'm embarrassed. Like, it's a very internalized projection, you know, when mm-hmm. I reject a man, he threatens to rape me. So yeah, what was that that happened the other night? You were saying you were like walking and somebody yeah, just randomly so, shouted a rape threat at you? Yeah, so I was walking home from the subway station and granted like I was in a very specific area of my neighborhood that I've never walked through before. And it's it's night, there's streetlights, but it's night. I ended up right after this occurred because I had my phone in my hand, I ended up calling uh, my friend Tom to stand on the phone with me as I walked home. But before that, a guy drives up. Two, there's two iterations. One guy drives up and he like, you know, something vulgar out of his window. And I was like, drive on, bro. Like, I'm keep it moving. And he he wasn't like, I mean, he was a little like rude, but like he didn't threaten me in any kind of way. And he, he drove on. Another car drives up. Man hits on me. I, I, I don't look at these men because to look at them, I think is different. Never make eye contact. I look straight ahead and I'm going and I'm like, once again, I'm like, just keep driving, dude. Like, I'm not interested. And then he is the one who like raped threat rape threatened me and I was like what did he say he, I mean if you don't want to say you don't have to I mean it was like I can't I don't know the exact wording it was just like you know insert vulgarity like no doesn't mean anything blah 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 you know just like he's gonna oh, wow. basically tell me he's telling me like I'm gonna do what I want and I was just like he he eventually does drive on he doesn't do anything luckily for me but you know I had my keys between my fingers you know like I had high heels on and I was like ready I needed to to either run or do something depending on like the situation and don't get me wrong like he'd come out of his car like I was not above getting in his car and driving off in it but um it didn't come to that anyway he I I tell him to suck my dick and he he drives on and that was the end of the conversation but um after that I called my friend Tom but I'm just saying like men think they, they think it's like so hard to face rejection and i'm like boo-hoo a woman said no to you and your ego is bruised boo-hoo i reject a man and now my life could be forfeit so yeah. i i have no sympathy no sympathy no empathy i don't feel bad for you i don't nothing ending in pathy there's there's no part of me that is like oh she said no like okay move on yeah be a normal human do you think it's because they don't face 
enough constructive rejection at a young age where they learn to deal with it in a healthy way that there are men out there who don't process rejection as anything but like a personal challenge towards violence? Well, I think that once again, our narrative for young men is like, you are the end all be all and you cannot be, you're never wrong. Everything about you is great. It's fantastic. Blah, blah, blah. And like they get what they want because even if in the home they're told no societally, they're not really told no. So, you know, they take it as very personal slight. Let me tell you like rejection from me, most of the time, it's not personal. I'm just not interested. Like I reject you. I reject him. I reject that guy. Like, it's not about you. It's I'm not interested in general. So, you know, I think that I find it, I just can't, I would say I can't relate to it because as women, we're rejected constantly through our entire lives, <laughs> you know, like. We're conditioned to respond to rejection as a challenge towards personal change. Right. Because they, we're always told that we're the problem, basically. Like, yeah. it's you, it's you, it's you're you. You're taking up too much space. You're taking up too much volume. You're doing too little. You're doing too much. You're mm-hmm. not right in this way. Yeah. 100%. But when men are rejected, it's a, it's them, it's them, it's them, you know? And women so, are so mean. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like, you know, and like, so it, it's just, it's exhausting. It's disgusting. Cue in sync going, cry me a river. <laughs> I think it was just JT, but yeah, I get what you're saying. What was it? Yeah. <laughs> my head is in sync. It's all of them. <laughs> um, I can't stop. I can't compartmentalize. Um, so <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm just like, I'm so sick of the term women's rights because there's no such thing. It's just rights. There's no such thing as women's rights. You know, like maybe our bodily autonomy differs from yours as a man, but it's a right either way. And to call it women's rights really just exacerbates the issue at hand. Interesting. Not to take a hard left from this, but just to to leave some semblance of like joy in people's lives. Um, What would you say is the most ridiculous way that you've rejected someone? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, ridiculous way i'm not sure the most common way here's so slight side rant before i give my actual answer because in my experience the only effective rejection is to bring another man into my life whether imaginary or not because for some reason men tend to respect the quote-unquote property of another man more than they respect my no fernando is my special friend (laughs) um i've definitely tried the i'm gay and a lot of times that they get a, like a, let's have a threesome response out of that. And I'm like, what part of you would make me think that I'd be interested in your penis after me telling you that? Like you watch way too much porn. Um, the most ridiculous way it's, I can't think of anything. Cause on the spot, usually my response is just, no, I'm very point blank. Like, no, I'm not interested, but the most ridiculous way, probably like saying someone died recently and therefore I don't have the emotional capacity to like dedicate to you. <laughs> I think the most ridiculous way is like a drive-by rejection for me because someone was like, I, th- I think I was like on a on a London Underground or something like that. And some guy was like, oh, go out with me, like go out with me. And, and I was literally like, I can't. And like, <laughs> just ran by. And like, 
if he's, I think I got out at that station and just waited. Like, I'll just, I'll just stay here. No, if he's, I love you now. Which is once again a difference between men and women when it comes to rejection. Like, our instinct is to like extricate, get thyself like, out. We need yeah. to go because we don't know how you're going to respond. Um, I it could have, be tears. It could be knives. We don't know. We don't. You could literally try to kill me right now for saying no to you. I don't know what your day is like so far. You know, like <laughs> I don't know how much coffee you've had. <laughs> I don't, I don't maybe know. Maybe the we're bank having gave you an issue. The pharmacy gave you an issue, and I'm the last straw in your feeble little mind. But maybe you were banned from Subway. <laughs> who can say? Um, my favorite kind of projection, depending on the level in the of, rain, <laughs> like a dramatic, um, no, if it's, so it depends on how obnoxious the guy is being about it and how mm-hmm. vulgar he's being. This is not like my standard rejection, but I like to make them feel as small as possible when I do reject them this way. It's definitely your standard rejection for anyone who is like vaguely offensive to you. Yeah. I'm very, it's very like a very nice, like slow up and down, disgusted look on the face. Like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I mean, like I'd actually rather die. No, no. I've just asked myself and I would actually rather die. <laughs> or you do a fake vomit and you're like, no. Or you're like, you oh like, my gosh, did you actually fake vomit rejection? Like, oh, I was like, that like stresses me out. Um, I do really like to do like a really like squint at their scrot, scrotum, scrot, scrotum. Did you just shorten that word? Scrot, their scrot. Yeah, because I think it's a vulgar word and I hate it. So I mean, it is a disgusting word. You could have just said their trousers, their pants. Fine. I look at the crotch area on their pants. Less gross. Less gross. <laughs> you do like a little squint and then you look back up and you like squint again. And then you look at their feet and then you look at the trouser again. No. And then you walk away. And now they think about their tiny dick the rest of the day. But let me reiterate, this only works. violent towards Right, here's the thing. You have to be very, very specific in how you reject men. Like, you have to have, like, a moment. And so it happens in, like, a second in a woman's mind. Like, you, you, what's my situation? What are my surroundings? How many people do I have around me? Am I with my friends? Can I afford to be rude to this person? And then you make your move. Or you're me and you get off at a different subway stop and you try to run away every time. I like like to make the obnoxious, rude ones feel as disgusting as possible. So, completely unrelated. Okay. As I was sipping my pumpkin spice latte today, because yes, I had one today. And have I had one most days during PSL season? Yes, I have. What's your business? Is it? I'll tell you. No. I will tell you I have. So the meme that always comes up is like one leaf falls and it's like, where's my scarf and my PSL? And has basic culture gone away? I know no. it was so trendy, no. but you know what I mean? It was yeah. so trendy for like a couple of years and it was like such a thing. And if you're a basic, you're like, I'm basic. Blah, blah, blah. And then if you weren't basic, you were like, oh my gosh, I hate the basic people. Let me look at some art. Like you, you didn't, well, you know, you were either one or the other. And now it seems like that's kind of gone. No, it still exists. It's just called Chugi now. It's not called basic anymore. It's called Chugi. Oh, but that's like old people. Well, to them, the the Gen Zers and the people that are like referring to us that way, like that is the same culture. It's like synonymous. So even though they're dressing like we did when we were eight. But they've made it to them. They've made it fashionable. You know, dress like you're going to first grade, but make it fashion. (laughs) I'm just saying like, 
I see a lot of cropped t-shirts and like wide legged jeans. And I'm like, Hey, look, it's me in fifth grade. All I see is a bunch of people ripping out from tiger beat posh spices, most recent jeans and tank top outfit with her dad's sneakers and wearing it. Yep. It's exactly the same thing. It's just, it's, it's nineties culture revisited for us. We revisited the eighties. They're revisiting the nineties. We didn't, we didn't, we We didn't, but like a lot of people, like it seems to me that whatever generation you are a part of, you tend to emulate the previous one's fashion choices. How did we do the eighties? Did we, it was it the parachute pants. Was it all the punksters? Those punkies? I mean, like, it, we didn't because like Y2K fashion was its own train wreck and we were focused on that. Yeah, um, we had our own battles to fight. <laughs> they were called double polo shirts. But okay. if people were dressing retro, they were dressing very like maybe 70s a little bit too. Yeah. You know, that was kind of like, we were like, ooh, like plaid skirts are back, blah, blah, blah. You know, like it was very much like, and now it's 90s culture and they've remade Y2K fashion. And I'm like, well, you're not really doing Y2K because you don't have any jeans underneath your mini skirt. You so. don't look ugly. The leggings under the dress. <laughs> Period in time A lot of that sequence. will be memorialized by the large belts that we use to break Spangle up our outfits. purses, all kinds of things. Um, cabbie hats, skinny scarves, vests. Infinity scarves. So many vests and so many infinity scarves. I'm just saying now that now that fall is rolling around, all of the people that like skinny jeans are so lame. Now they're wearing them because they want to tuck their jeans into their boots. And I'm like, no, no, you made your bed. You must now lie in it. Skinny jeans are off the table for you. They're they're chuggy, aren't they? No, no. Aren't they? No. Aren't they? (laughs) You better go. You better leave. I have such an issue with micro trends anyway. Like which can be defined as <laughs> the very short-lived trends. It would be a micro okay. trend. So, you know, like the, you see like puffy jackets are back and then a week later they're gone. That's a micro trend. Um, real or trends, the teddy bear jackets that you were wishing would go away, but somehow are someday. clinging on. Someday. Um, here's my thing. There's a, there's a difference between following trends and there's a difference between, well, there's between that and, and, and um, following classics using little black dress has always been a classic you know like also can we just say i know you're not super into the met gala thing yeah kendall jenner's dress was a nod to audrey hepburn why how dare you stand where you stood (laughs) actually how dare you so begin beginneth the rant they base this on My Fair Lady, which is one of my favorite films. If you've never watched it, it's very good. It's the story of Eliza Doolittle coming up through London society and being trained by an, basically by a professor, like an older professor, Rex Harrison. Mm-hmm. And he's teaching her elocution. He's teaching her to speak properly. And by properly, he means more poshly. And so it follows the story. They fall in love. There's tragedy. It's a great movie. She was wearing a dress to a London society ball for basically debutantes, which was a beautiful white, like slightly cap sleeved, like Edwardian Victorian empire waisted dress. She had a feather in her hair. 
Kendall Jenner went to the Met Gala in basically a string of sequins and pearls held together by clear mesh. Mm -hmm. She had her hair up and a necklace that was like a large choker necklace. And we're now calling that a nod to Audrey Hepburn. And I'm like, which part of My Fair Lady did Audrey Hepburn come out in her underwear? Which part? Like, it was completely unrelated. And I don't like when people do that. I love a reimagined classic. I really do. Like, I think it's really cool to see how an artist will interpret it. And I'm not even saying that the designer was wrong to be inspired by it. But I think it's wrong when people are like, oh, it's exactly like this. It's they just look so identical. Look at her pulling this modern Audrey Hepburn vibe. And you're like, Audrey Hepburn never wore as so much as a mini skirt, let alone like I'm wearing a nude bodysuit. So you can't tell that I'm naked under here. Like, no. Mm-hmm. no ma'am. I understand. I understand. I mean, it's just, it feels like it's too easy to be like, just emulating such and such Marilyn Monroe. And I'm like, how? Oh, they did that with Billie Eilish. She was, she had like, I could see it honestly more with her, but she had like the coiffed blonde and she did like, she did a couple of looks that were kind of Marilyn. And I'm like, you could just have short blonde hair and wear whatever you want and call it Marilyn, but sure. Here's my thing. It's not that these are modern celebrities. Okay. Everybody knows them. Will they stand the test of time a la Marilyn and Audrey? No. I'm going to say no. No, they won't. They won't. You know, the actresses that will, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Betty White, naturally, but she's kind of in the yeah. same era at this point. Like, she's just hanging on. Um, all the main, the A-list actors that got in, like, Judy Dench, ago. Maggie yeah. Smith. Yep. Yeah. They will say that. I've been watching time. a lot of Harry Potter and Gilmore Girls because it's almost autumn. And although the temperature's not playing ball, I'm going to reel it in. I'm going to really Kidman probably. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, but these are the uh, actresses that are as very established. And to me, Reese Witherspoon, Reese, obviously, um, you know, there's a, there's a number of them like the, Cameron Diaz. Yes, definitely. Drew Barrymore, Sandra Bullock. Like these are the movies yeah. that you will watch years and years later and still remember these people, just like you did with, you know, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, Marilyn Monroe, yeah. Audrey Hepburn, you know, like, Rita Hayworth, yeah. It's a different kind of um, fame because it's a more modern era, but the premise is the same. I do not think you're going to be listening to Billie Eilish's music in 40 years. Or staring at Gigi Hadid's face on their wall in an Andy Warhol print. Nope. It's just, and maybe we're just beyond the point of making iconic supermodels and making iconic music artists because it's so contrived now. Well... Speaking of interesting, so I'd have to look up her name now. That's going to kill me. So there was a supermodel who posted this long post about how she basically has been a recluse for years. A recluse, however you say it. I say recluse, but I also say clitoris. So here we are. (laughs) Um, But basically, she stopped going out and she stopped going out for parts and she like, parts as in like parts and shows Mm -hmm. and she uh linda evangelista okay she was a famous famous supermodel Mm -hmm. she stopped going out for anything and she like became a total recluse because she had really bad cool sculpting that like deformed her legs so basically there's a rare condition that could be a side effect of cool sculpting because what cool sculpting is supposed to do is shrink the adipose cells the fat cells in your body wherever you apply it 
and then they will just drain out of your system. Well, what happened to her was called like PHA, but it basically the fat cells expanded instead mm -hmm. of contracting and it like disfigured her. And so she basically, she, if you look at her Instagram, it's all like either just at the neck or like pictures from 20 years ago. But she's like, if you're wondering why my career hasn't gone anywhere and why my peers are thriving, it's because I was brutally disfigured and I'm going to take a step now and try to reclaim some sort of a life. But I've basically lived in hiding for the last like 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. which is wild to me. Yeah. I mean, I will, that, that I think in general, before I move on from it, that's crazy and awful. And like, who could, you know, you know, predict that. But I think that should be a warning sign to everyone who is very easily giving into body augmentations, like consider, you know, like really consider um, what could happen to you. Depending I've on been it. watching a lot of influencers who are undoing it. I always have the like catty hair in line in my head you have to suck the poison out. <laughs> so, but like the, there was this girl who was on Love Island a couple of years ago. Her name's Molly May and she's an influencer, you know, the whole nine. Like she does collaborations with fashion brands. She's a creative director of one now. And she, you know, has a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. But she had a lot of cheek and lip filler and she had like coating on her teeth. I'm not, it's not like a full, like they didn't shave down her teeth and like put the fake, um, veneers in but she had like some sort of veneer-esque covering to her teeth mm -hmm. and she shows you on her youtube channel over time she like keeps getting her lip filler dissolved and she shows you like her cheek filler is gone and her teeth caps are gone and she's like i honestly have never felt more like myself and i don't know why i gave in to the pressure and i'm just like i'm looking at a lot of these people who are i know we talk about this all the time but like mm -hmm. who are getting lip filler to look like kylie jenner or who are getting um surgery to try to like puff up their face or to move parts of their body to different angles to look more kardashian-esque like i'm watching these and i'm like isn't this a psa to stop doing the micro trends for plastic surgery like isn't this enough of a warning sign because like if you look at for example just to stay on the supermodel thing like bella hadid mm -hmm. if you look at bella hadid she had a facelift at a very young age. I mean, she's they also were raised had... in a crazy toxic household as far as that goes. Oh my gosh. And she's also had a really drastic nose job mm -hmm. at a really young age. And so right now she has a very taut, tight face. What's going to happen in 20, 30 years? I mean, I she's saw... getting Botox now. So... Crazy. She's younger than us. That's crazy. She's much younger than us. She's like 23. How wild is that? Do you honestly do you look at these girls and see their age? Because I don't. I never do. I always think they're older because in my head I still have like a junior in high school syndrome where you're like, all oh, these people are so big, like all these big adults. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm older than all of you. Um <laughs> Well, I saw but, a woman the other day, yesterday, just at the park. I saw her, she clearly had had some kind of work done when she was younger. And now she honestly looks like the the hag witch from Snow White like and i don't mean that like i don't it's not that i look around like oh you're so ugly it's just like you have unnecessarily aged yourself and and you've created wrinkles and spots that like you probably wouldn't have them if you had just waited you know until your skin was done until your body was done you know forming and they never do 
and, and, and fortunately for them, they can't. If that's the society that you choose to be a part of and that's the job you choose to have, you have no choice. You have to. Well, and I know that we always think that we know better than the people who came before us. We have the uh, illusion of uh, evolution, I think sure. is what it's called. But basically, you look back at historical people and you were like, oh, but they were so much stupider than we are now. Like, we're so much smarter. We're so much more technologically advanced. So you look at the people who had work done in the 70s and 80s and you're like, dear God, like, what happened to your face? Thank God we have the laser schmagoogle that we have now instead of the like plain old knife and fork technique that they used back then. But you think about it, it's like, what do you think people are going to be saying in 30 years? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, oh, thank God we had this hologram that could just fall over our face instead of using that laser to tear off half of your skin. Like, yeah, I mean, and hopefully I'm not around to see it. And I hope there's a point where I can stop paying attention to it because it just depresses me, you know, but um, especially if I have like, if I have daughters, like I'm always going to be cognizant of it and ensuring that they're raised in a home where once again, I've said it before, I want them to look at me and see their own features looking back. And that's really one of the biggest things that keeps me from like genuinely considering forms. And I don't look at myself and think like, you need plastic surgery. Like I've never once looked at my, in the mirror and been like, like I used to be insecure about things about my, my features, but as I got older and I grew into them, I was like, meh, like I've never had trouble attracting anybody. And therefore like, there's no reason for me externally or internally to think that I'm unattractive, Yeah, you know, until you look, and that's when you like, when you get on TikTok and you get on Instagram and everyone has the same chin, they have the same nose and it's very yeah. small and tiny. And then you're like, oh, like, oh no. Now I am look, even though I have a normal size nose and like I have a, rounder face or an oval face like I'm now considered like ugly quote unquote because they don't look like that and every guy I listen to like oh she's bad she's bad they're talking about these girls and I'm like that all look the same and I've said it before they all look the same but I digress I I just think that people should heed the supermodels that like the celebrities in general the influencers who did that in the past look at their attitudes or just look at them now if they haven't decided to reverse and like think that's five years. Let's say it's five years between then and now. Look how much they've aged. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. So when I was in my eating disorder phase, um, and I say phase like actively in my eating disorder mindset, mm-hmm. not like it was a quick passing phase. But when I was in my eating disorder mindset, I definitely looked in the mirror and like was like, oh, you need to get plastic surgery for that, that, and that. But um I had an, I heard an interesting concept that I'm interested in the effects of, I'm not hundred percent sure, mm-hmm. but basically this woman was saying like, I'm never going to tell my daughters on a consistent basis. So I'll tell them every once in a while, but I'm not going to tell them on a consistent basis, how pretty they are. And I'm going to discourage other people from calling them pretty as a compliment because it, it teaches young women to put their worth in their looks. Mm -hmm. And so instead, as a mother or as an aunt, I'm going to tell little girls that I see like, oh, you're so smart or like, oh, wow, you look really cool. Like that was a great outfit choice or like, oh, you are doing so well at, you know, dancing like you're a great dancer instead of putting worth on looks, because quite often like it, I'm sure it happens to equally to babies of whatever gender, but like young girls, especially like, oh, you're so cute or, oh, you look so pretty. You look, you look like a little princess. You look so sweet. And then you 
you know, you get to 14 and 15 and suddenly you're not so cute and sweet and nobody's telling you how pretty you are anymore. Mm -hmm. So you start seeking that validation elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was an interesting concept. Hmm. I think it's like just an unconscious thing that we do with small children, you know, because I mean, they are cute most of the time and it's easy to yeah, say, they are oh, cute. they're so cute, you know, but it is something yeah. that like when I'm around my friend Betsy's kids, you know, I, I try to like, call it things that they've said or things that they're doing rather than be like, Oh, you look so cute today. It's more like, wow, like you built that. That's so amazing. You're so talented, you know, because like, that's really the only kids I come into contact with for the most part, but yeah. you know, just in general, I think that people don't understand how much you imprint certain things as a child to yeah. certain, you know, societal aspects or like portions of yourself. I just don't think people think that kids like don't retain these things and it becomes a part of your personality super early so yeah so um this is like a, a not it's kind of a slower tea not quite a full episode not quite a quick tea it's like a, a medium brew it's i would like, say yeah it's kind of like a, it's a grande you know not at all you've got tea. some time you're taking a little leaf through a magazine sure. it's quicker than you thought but slower yeah. than you'd imagine like you still got to get back to work but you you didn't like you have to rush and you also don't have all the time in the world. So, um, and with and standards I, like that, how could we fail? Now that we're out of analogies, <laughs> um, I guess that's really all I had to say. Not a bad free flowing episode. I don't think, um, if you guys hate it, any bin, any bin for the criticisms, we'll find it. Literally write it all down and then put it in a bin. Yeah. 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 Honestly though, let us know if you like this because I thought this would be a fun style of episode. And if you enjoyed it, if you wanted to hear more of our thoughts, opinions, feelings on kind of just how we would normally talk to each other, let us know. And honestly, we were running out of ideas for topics. So if you have those, we'll also take them. We will take anything but criticism because we are not mentally stable. I am Hannah. I am Emma. Oh, now that oh. is tea. Oh. Yeah.